Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. We are back in the studio again, Alex Miller. A few weeks out of here while the uh, the place was shut up and Tom Hickey wasn't letting us back in, but we're in. We've made our way through. Yes, it's very nice to be back and uh, lots to get stuck into, Cat, this week. Um, big talking points about your club, your Ooh, mob, yes. your future, <laughs> and um, some massive transpiring stories over the last couple of days and... Going to be a very interesting clash on the weekend, but yes, very exciting mm. episode ahead. Big talking points with coaches, doctors, a few names being thrown around. Essendon and the North want Clarko. Who knows where he's going? He might not even end up coaching again next year. It's all over the place. Oh, I tell you what, 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 a, what a week it's been in football, hasn't it, Big Cat? <laughs> good to have you back in the Tom Hickey studio as well, first of all. Yes. Um, we missed you last week. We um, did. Yes, good to be back, boys. But geez, this story about Clarko mm. and Essendon... It, and Kat, you you you're you're the Essendon man, so we're we're gonna throw it to you straight away. <laughs> Just your your whole thoughts, energies, emotions about the whole thing. Obviously, they've they've uh, they've got a new president in, in tow now, mm. and. And uh, by the sounds of it, it, sen- it just sounds like it's all uh, guns blazing for uh, Rutten to get out of here. God. Well, for one thing, I'm happy to see Brasher gone. The man didn't deliver on basically any promise that he put in when he entered the role as president. Uh, he said he wanted to be a very vocal, public, <laughs> a publicly available president. And uh, you boys didn't even know that he was the president uh, <laughs> until he got fired. So I think that speaks to what he managed to do in those couple of years. But... Uh, the truck situation is very interesting mm. because it sounds like a couple of people got some sources and went a bit early, and then they were like, "Oh wait, hang on, I'm not actually on yet here." It's been, this is media in a nutshell. Yeah. The, the, everyone mm. se- seems to go away, uh, ahead and sort of look to be the first one to publish a story, and it's not even true yet. It sounds to me like what the actual truth was was the bombers wanted to meet with Clarko, and I think that was about the high and low of it, and it's been spun out and exaggerated and blown up into something a lot bigger <laughs> than it was. It sounds like, did he even meet with them? Well, well, I, don't I don't know. know. I That's don't the know. thing as well. Is that, um, no, it's been pretty pretty average how I think the truck's been handled. Cat, I think mm. that we all three of us were saying that I think that hasn't had much of a chance still. I think that you've got to really look big picture at this Essendon list, and it's a young team still. There's a long way to go. I think last year was a pretty strong start, mm. and this year... I think you take away the first half of the season and you look at the second half, it's a lot better. If yep. you've got most of the squad available the first half, we probably finish a few wins probably. higher. If we finish if we probably end up finishing on about ten wins or so if we had the whole squad together, which I think is not bad. It's still that mediocre middle of the pack, which I think <laughs> the bombers really want to be getting out of. Well, I think the unrealistic expectations what hurt them. Mm. I think it given last year's great success, which we love yes. to see. Um It was I think it was easy to forget that it's still one of the youngest lists in the exactly competition. Exactly right. And, and it's still losing experienced blokes. Hurley's about to mm. hang up the boots, which we'll talk about later. Waller's gone. Um, it's basically just, there's no one over the list over the age of 30. I think it's Jimmy Stewart and... She would be up there, 28. That might be about it. Yeah. Heppel, Heppel and Stewart are the oldest yeah. ones on the list now, I think. Yeah, well, I was talking to Miller before and I want to hear what you think about this, but I think the problem stems with the Essendon board. And I, I th- it I seems think, like it, and and it's not just about this year and last year. It goes back to the yeah. supplement scandal. I mm. think for mine, when you you finished last, you only won a couple of games, and then you got everyone back, made the finals that year, and then I think they sort of had that ex- because of that, the um the board of the board have said right, we know we this is our platform. We mm. want to go, we want to go for it again. Yeah. And instead of taking a methodical approach to sort of building it, they wanted to sort of throw the chips on the table, and now. Mm. They, they've been exposed. Uh, you know, they, they brought in Stringer, they brought in Shield, Dev Smith, now, uh, as well, retiring as well. Yeah. And, um, 
there's a sense of we're going to throw these we're going to throw cash at these players to make sure that we're at the, we're at the mm. top end and it hasn't worked and now they've just sort of they're just trying to scramble to find to find a you know a fall guy for the matter similar yeah. uh, similar similar yeah, yeah. the last couple of years you know, obviously you know there was no expectations last year and Essendon made the finals and now the board is like right we know where we stand let's try let's let's go all in um, and. It hasn't worked. No. It, it hasn't worked. No. <laughs> it's, it's, been, um, it's been quite possibly the least bare minimum success you can have reaching finals. Yeah. <laughs> Every time has been that bottom end of the top eight, getting into the elimination final and going straight out pretty unconvincingly. There hasn't been a competitive final in this whole time since the end of the supplement saga for the Bombers. It was Every yeah, year was a pretty comprehensive loss. So clearly they're not necessarily the level they want to be or should be. Um, and I think if they make finals next year, it'd probably be a similar sort of story. I don't know if it needs to be just focus on the young guys. Jai Menzi, you've talked about a lot, why he yeah. didn't stay in after making his debut. I think if your season's done, mm. it's a confusing one. So I do have my misgivings with Rutten, but I think if he takes an approach with feedback on board, with a review, I don't know that he would be kicked out, but I think there would be a so bit of different pressure going into next season. Yeah, I think whether he... Is coaching there or not is a matter that is still unknown. I think that that's what really is interesting. But no, I agree. I think that's you talked as well, Ken, about leaders. I think it's going to be critical that they re-sign Heppel, which they should. I think and it so. sounds like they will. Um, one year deal is more than enough. One yeah. year deals until he wants to retire, I think, is more than. But as you summed up as <laughs> well, like good. given the age profile, the list, somebody like Heppel is critical. But. We'll talk in current times. The playing group on the weekend was very disappointing. Mm. Well, the game in general, Cat, and, and you would have you know seen it all. And um, I watched three quarters of it, and it just looked like a very disconnected group. There were players that were doing okay by themselves, but the team wasn't performing well. And then there's some pretty damning footage of Nick Hine um, heading to the bench with Truck, and Truck trying to give him some instructions, and, and Hine just not even giving him the time of day. So yeah, it's a poor attitude. Um, I think that's an individual issue and probably something that yeah. hopefully he would be sorting out now. But yeah. um, I think just mentally, Doc was what I was a bit disappointed about on the weekend. We haven't been run over like that in a long time. No. Uh, not since the, the start of, of last season, really, with those games against Port Adelaide and Brisbane. This year, even when we've been down, I don't think we've been smashed really at any point. So no. I think that's what really disappointed me more than anything. Yeah, well, like like like, like you, Mill, I watched the second half of that game and it was just so disappointing to see a lot of the players just look like they checked out. They defensively didn't yeah. want to locate their men. It was um, it was ugly, and it, you see those sort of games. We saw North with um, against Geelong earlier in the year. You know, performances like that. They tend to bring a lot of crisis with it, and like we said, we, like we said earlier, just before you know the whole whole hoo ha about mm. Ben Rutten potentially being sacked from it, it came came from this game. And oh, look, they need a response this week. There's there's no doubt about it. <laughs> to say that is an understatement of the year. Yeah, but uh, I'm just so curious to see what Essendon do this week because mm. it looks like Rutten will, will, will get will get on with it, and what happens following that, you know. Your guess is as good as mine. Yeah. Well, Hurley's in this week, which is great for a send-off. So, obviously, probably not really expecting a win this week. But I want to see the young guys come in and be given a chance. Menzi should should have been playing every game. Especially with our desperate need for a small forward. Why not expose him to the level when the season's already done? Um, We'll get the teams, obviously, tonight. But I want to see Menzi in, Harry Jones back in. 
Um, and I think then after that, it's time to start making hard calls on the likes of Francis and Braden Ham. And yeah, off season is critical. Guys Kata, that I need a contract. Uncontracted players are, will be in a very tough spot, <coughs> limbo wise, because you don't know who's going to be the coach. You don't know if you're going to be in the plans, and if truck is sustained you're not in the plans now uh you're probably in a bit of limbo but i, I think no. you mentioned as well cat they haven't been beaten by 50 points or more since round one so yeah, it's long very it's disappointing long game, as well yeah. against the port outfit that you know they've been okay this season but um they were clinical on the weekend and it really hurt but sp- feeds into the next point boys about clarko where's he gonna end up i suppose that the coin toss is essendon and north I, thought, um, I would have thought the Giants would be in the mix as well, but it's well, they've ruled themselves out. Yeah, they've ruled themselves out. I've been hearing uh, Adam Uze, the uh, the man mm. likely to get the, uh, the job. Um, he's been around some successful teams, Uze, so yeah, he wouldn't be a bad guy Very to go good. there. Yeah, yeah, no, he's been around the Hawthorne uh, system. He's mm. been around Melbourne system just, just recently as well. So that, that I think that's a very good appointment if they go ahead with yeah, that, the I Giants. Like um, I like it as well. Someone outside the club, yeah, which we've talked well, about. Yeah, we've, we've, set, we've, said, it, <laughs> well, we've we, said it a few times. So we had to go at the Giants uh, AFLW-wise for <laughs> just looking for some bloke that no one's ever heard of <laughs> from within the club to coach. But Yeah, well... Uh, what happens well, to McVeigh then, guys, just quickly on that? Like, he... I think he's been pretty good um, as the head coach, but do do, do um well depending on where the, where the situation is mm. at Essen, do they do they I look at bringing say, him back? Well, Solomon has been linked to us uh, to come back home, and I wouldn't mind bringing in McVeigh as yeah. well. I think we obviously have talked before about Essendon having maybe a bit too much leniency for its favourite sons, but when you've got guys who have shown yeah. and have proven coaching you know acumen solomon was very close to getting the sun's job as well after being the caretaker there yep um guys who have spent time elsewhere come back with fresh ideas i think McVay is necessary like, and that's perfectly yeah i'd yeah. like to see them in there yeah I, I reckon so as well and we talk about players that are stern but fair but i think mcveigh's shown this year as the um as the caretaker coach that he can be that guy he's I not mean, he's not afraid to chop heads off if he he, needs to. He's, he's not afraid to mix his words and i think it's very hard as well isn't it doc when you're interim coach because you don't want to do that too much because then you feel like you rule yourself out but i think people like you said responded well to his oh yeah they came yeah. out well against his us energy. didn't they yeah. <laughs> yeah and as much as i don't want to admit it i think that i think they really you know put their heads down and made a real a yeah. real grind against the dogs on the weekend as well so yep. Yeah, no, I, I think looking at looking at that is good uh, for the club because it, it's something we could do with certainly and, and haven't for a while. Yeah. And, and, and as well, Cat, you know, Len, Lenny Hayes is apparently uh, rumored to sign with uh, the Saints as an assistant coach mm. for next year. So he he's a guy. We we don't need to go in length about Lenny Hayes' football career, but he's a, he's a guy that's been around the traps as a coach for yep. a long, long time. Yeah, he, and and, and, mm. and he and he'd he'd know a fair thing or two about about how the game works today. So and like you said, Cat, as well, I think getting. Somebody that obviously previously played for your club but has coached somewhere else and comes back is a great idea to go about it. So I mm. like the idea of McVeigh coming back. Um, but the Clark out to North stuff, boys, there's lots of talk about that. And I just want to get your takes on it. I sort of expressed my view. I think that Clark is a great coach, but can he coach a modern-day rebuild? Um, yeah, I don't that, know, Cat. I think that... It's interesting because I think North are sort of in the position now where they've got a lot of these young guys in. Mm. I think, if anything, they probably need to target a few more experienced heads in that yeah, 24, agreed. 28 sort of bracket. I think Clarko could do that. Yeah. At his best with Graham Wright at Hawthorne, they did that quite well leading up into the three-peat. Um, obviously, of? his last few years uh, with recruits have not been the greatest track record, but I think if he needs to aim for that sort of level again, because they've got the guys in there now who are looking really promising. Paul Curtis, we've been going on about just how good he's been the past few weeks, and I think they've got the talent across every line, Doc, to do it. Just that next bracket 
in there before guys like Simkin and LDU and all those blokes are stepping in to be that elite mm. mould of player. Well, I was talking to Miller before about you know the idea of Clarkson coaching North Melbourne and I think it makes more sense for him to coach the Roos than it does Essen and yep. Katna. And, and I, I particularly agree with what you made about the idea of targeting these guys 24 to 28, even if they've come in through state level. Like, like we saw, we saw um, after after their first after Hawthorne's premiership win two thousand eight, mm. where they went four steps backwards, they missed the finals, and they just slowly built themselves back up to that three peat team, where Clarkson went and got guys like Piopolo and Isaac Smith yep. through through state level, and they became strong strong role players mm. in in that in that Hawthorne team. So, I, I'm with you. I I think what North have managed to build over the last couple of years is like a, a nice, strong, young nucleus. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, guys like Paul Kers, you mentioned. I think Tom Powell's really starting to come along mm-hmm. come along nicely as well. So I, I I would like to see Clarkson take up the North Melbourne job. Uh, you've, you've questioned before about mm. whether or not he can rebuild a team. Uh, I think when he came in, he had he had literally bare bones at Hawthorne and, yeah, yeah. and built it up to become a, a premiership team in about three years. And then... When it faced its challenges, he went back to the drawing board and did it again. Yeah. So I, I have no, I have no doubt that I think Clarkson is the man for the job, and if he's willing to adapt to a mm. to a, to a, a different time now, because remember, that was a long time, long ago, time ago, and even 2013, 14, 15, was it almost feels different now? Uh, yeah, can, that's when right. You, when you compare it to now, it was only not even a decade ago. But the it, the it word I got different. as well out of Hawthorne with the end of Clarko's sort of um, time there and Graham Wright leaving was that they had their differences in where they wanted to go with the mm. list and Clarko tried to rule the roost a bit too much and it sort of turned <laughs> out the way that it, it did. So I think even as a more experienced coach, he's obviously one of the most, mm. um, you know, glorified and, and has had the most success of anyone really in the modern era. Um, I think he'd probably learn from that and think... yeah. You got the people around you in the list management who have done a good job at bringing in young talent at North. I think go that next yeah. step further with those middle bracket guys. I agree with that. I was going to say, see what you can do. I feel like they tried to do that this year with Greenwood and it sort of missed a little bit. I mean, yeah, Hughes had miss. some good games, um, but he's still got a way to go. He's mind you, he's been thrown everywhere. He's been you know um, second ruck. He's been half forward, <laughs> um, wing at times, and yeah. So I think yeah, going for the middle bracket is key. But yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see mm. if Clark gets that job where that list ends up. But yeah, definitely away from the coaching. Talk. I know big story on the weekend. He seems to always be in the headlines, <laughs> boys, with Jack Ginnivan. But uh, a bit disrespectful by Swans fans, and I'm sure we'd all agree. Um, Booing him off the ground when he was injured. They showed him on the bench when he was. I'm not sure what the extent of his injury is exactly, but uh, I think it was like a. I think it was like a hamstring, hamstring yeah, strange or something. He's been cleared to play this week, which is good news. But the Swans fans were having a bit of a go at him. Um, Jeez, they have short memories, don't they, Sydney yeah. fans? <laughs> Taking it a bit far, Miller for mine. Yeah. The guy's obviously copped his fair share of stick throughout the year, and he obviously doesn't mind it because he gives it back, but. <laughs> It's, you know, a bit below the belt, isn't it? It is. I mean, we've spoken many times, Kat, on this show about booing, and I just can't believe grown adults um, (laughs) still boo another grown adult. I just, I dislike players, same as everyone else, but I just could never bring myself to boo someone. I can't Mm. say I'm Gittiman's biggest fan, but I never boo him. I think he's a a really interesting (laughs) character. You had some choice words on Tom Mitchell on the weekend. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I didn't boo him, did I? No, you didn't boo him. I just just verbally abused him. No. Um, (laughs) Look, I, I think, yeah, it's. There's just no need for it, injured or not. And whether you agree that he's playing for the freeze or he's a head duck or whatever you say, like I just 
don't think it's necessary. No. no, well, this this is this has been my problem about the treatment of Ginevan for the, the longest part of the year, and mm. the more it goes on, the more he's actually go going to go back into his shell and become like a another one of these media shills that we see on 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 TV. And, yeah, you know, I think yeah, a, a lot of people complain about you know the fact that there is a lack of personality in the game, and Ginevan's right here. Mm. And here, and here, and here's a uh, you know I'm not going to say there's a large contingent of Sydney supporters. There's probably a small part who are, who are just going to boo them and call them out and call them you know every name under the sun, and it just doesn't make any sense, Cat. Yeah, I think you, what happens on field, it's on field. You keep it during the game, yeah. and then post that, you know, you forget about it. It's Very all part of the, the theatre of the game. Yep. We see we've seen plenty of player interaction with crowds <laughs> this year as well, which I've loved. Um, good to see the players feeling a bit more, I don't know, I guess confident about mm. <laughs> giving it to opposition supporters. But um, I think as long as it stays within games, that's it yeah, for I me. Agree. Anything external, off-field, it's too far. It's I mean, just, he's spoken as well about yeah. you know his mental health and it's a very important issue for every player um, in every form of sport, not just AFL. So, look, I think that, yeah, I agree. Just keep it on the field and, I mean, people are just strange. Yeah. Well, I was going to be mad at the moment, but, um, yeah. <laughs> it's been going mad for the last three years. <laughs> if, you're some, if you're someone who feels the need to DM him and tell him what a – Head ducker or coward or whatever it is that people you say need about to him. Have a good look at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, have a look in the I, mirror. I, I still don't. I still don't understand the process of a person who goes and does that. <laughs> He's not going to open your message. He's not interested in you, Daryl from Mornington. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's interesting because I saw there was, there was little little uh, shit posting group on Facebook that that actually encouraged uh, encouraged people to say nice goal on Cosy Pickett's Instagram <laughs> after after he kicked the winner against Carlton on the weekend. And I, you know what, I like that. If you yeah. if, if you're gonna go and message somebody on ins, on Instagram or Facebook or social media, <laughs> say something nice. Yes, it'd be, be a nice change if they did. <laughs> you know, it's, say, say nice goal or say I like your hair or you know, <laughs> it's just something, <laughs> something what a, positive. What a bloody goal! It I was think many Carlton boys. supporters would have said nice goal. Yeah, uh, no. <laughs> well, uh, Carlton supporters are still trying to find their find their way out of the ditch after Saturday. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Saturday, boys, it set up a very very big final round of footy, a very big Super Sunday. They're always banging on about the Super Saturday, but it's going to come down to the last mm. game, the last day, or second last game. Yeah, well, no, no, nobody cares about that 4.40 time slot. No. I, think, I think the Swans have got the uh, top two sealed up. I'll send, send Hanbury off in style, at least. It'll be nice, but uh, they'd need to gain a significant <laughs> amount of percentage St Kilda if they wanted to they win. They need to win by game. 90 points, Cap. Yeah, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> but... Carlton, Bulldogs, fighting off for that last top eight spot. Doc, I know you probably didn't want to be in this position coming into round 23. Here we are. You had ample opportunity throughout the year to sell up a final spot and you didn't do it. Yeah, don't remind me. Don't remind me. (laughs) But Carlton are in the same boat. They started the season in the top four. Halfway through the year, they were well and truly looking like where, 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 where were they boys. midway point, Miller? Where were they? They would have been definitely around the top four. I'll yeah, check for you like, right like now. I know they were top four. I think they were what eight and three or yeah. or, or nine and two. They, or were, they were definitely eight and two at one stage. Yeah. So. Now, them and the Saints both had that similar trajectory where they were in the top four, or very close to it, halfway through, and then just dropped off. Well, we were talking a bit about uh, about the Blues last week, uh, Miller and I, about about where Carlton are at in their forward line structure and. I tell you what, it's a big game. I thought they actually mm. played well. They they really should, they really probably had is that last three minutes was what let them down, Doc. Yeah, in the end? absolutely. They and, were um, eight and three at the bye, Doc. Yeah, eight and three at the bye. So yeah. them and St Kilda exactly the same, just one loss less for the Blues. It, it's interesting. Like one loss, one loss against Sydney, who are in, who are probably the second most informed mm. side in the competition at the moment, and all of a sudden everyone's writing off Collingwood. 
Yeah. I, I don't understand that. They've yeah. done it against the best already. They might they, not they, finish. This is the, the struggle for them is that they need Brisbane to lose to finish in the top four because they're not making up 20 percentage in one game. Well, yeah, so Brisbane take on Melbourne. So one of those teams... Oh, that's true. One of the, oh, so they will, if they win, they go top four. Correct. Yeah. So mm. that's massive. So that, but that, that's, again, there's incentive for Collingwood to beat Carlton. I guess, yeah, how, well. how do we see this final top eight and top four shaping up, boys? Well, because obviously Collingwood have to win to get in. If they don't, that top four is set, set how it I is. believe. Oh, no, Frio can also leapfrog in there if they win against the Giants, which you'd expect them to. Yeah, they should. I mean, I don't so understand So it can still change. Wouldn't. Two well, spots in that top four can still change. This I, week. I'd say the Swans are a lock for four. Um, obviously, yep. Geelong have wrapped up the minor premiership. No one cares about that. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Geelong are hosting home final no matter what. Who, do, If you're Geelong right now, Miller, who do you want to play? I want to be one? playing Brisbane week one. Yeah, I, don't be, I don't want to be playing Melbourne right now. No, I'll, 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 I reckon either Brisbane or Collingwood. Yeah, I, I think um, Collingwood's a dangerous game though for Geelong. We saw mm. earlier in the year they were up, and they probably should have won that game against the Cats. So, yeah, look, I would say definitely Brisbane. I think if you're looking at the top four there, Cat, and the top five, you'd say Sydney are in really good nick. Melbourne, I think people, yes, they've been a bit, a bit patchy still, but people yep. are still underrating them in terms of their bounce back enough, mm. I think, for them to be near their best. And, Collingwood are a team, as you said, Doc. You know they're just on a massive streak. So one loss isn't going to deter them. And again, they're playing for a top four footy, and they've got. We discussed last week, Cat. There's no expectations on this group, so they could yeah. go out if they finish fifth um, and go out, and if they finish top four and lose both games, they don't care. They're just playing and enjoying themselves every week. The uh, yeah. the Tigers, the other interesting one, um, <laughs> Miller, where you you can't drop, you can't go above seventh. Yep. You can go eighth, but. Assuming you beat us, which I think you will this week, it's basically locked in. Who do you want to play week one? Well, if we finish eighth, then we'll probably, I think we'd end up playing Brisbane um, at the Gabba, which <sighs> would be very interesting. You've got a pretty decent record over They sorry, did over. beat us though, uh, 2019? No, 20. Was uh, it 20? I think it was last year. Yes, last mm. year. La- last year. Last year they beat you over we- there. Round one. But before that. Uh, sorry, round one of finals, I meant. But. Didn't you, didn't you beat uh, you beat Brisbane in 2019 yeah. in the finals yeah. at, the, at the Gabba? So. Yeah, but then um, yeah, we had the double chance, which was nice because we came back to Brisbane and said, "Stuff you." Uh, look, <laughs> I, I I think Freo would be a good matchup. Um, mm. I do worry about the Dockers at home; are going to be really tough to beat. And we match up well against Collingwood um, and play like I think there's lots of good things. And I think Richmond, I might be biased, but I think we're in really good nick at the moment. I think that the way the group is, you know, traveling, I can't remember the last time we were second highest scoring team in the comp, yeah. um, which is really impressive about us. So if you look at the key statistics since the bye, I think the main stuff is our scoring ability, Doc. And we saw it firsthand on the weekend, um, the power of the forward line. And I just think that um, many teams will be w- worried. You know, coming up against Richmond, I think, and um, yeah, I think we look really decent. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, we as you said, we saw it firsthand at the MCG on on Sunday. Mm. They, they they were just a class above Hawthorne, and Hawthorne have been a sort of a, a sturdy team at times this year. They've yeah. been very hard to really dislodge, but mm. it was done. It was all done by quarter time, six goals to one, and then and then a nine goal third quarter on top of that. Yeah, it was just it it was. The way you moved the ball, the way you pressured was just fantastic. Talk us through this ladder, Caddy. You've yeah, whipped I'm, up here. I'm I like having, this. I really <laughs> I'm like this. A look, considering two scenarios here, so I think every other game I'd be pretty confident in, even your mob beating the Hawks and Tassie Dock, oh. even though I think with final spot to play for, I think you can do it this week. Yeah, I, I think we can do it too. But the way we've played <laughs> this year, we just 
have not looked any. We just have not formed any ounce of consistency in our game. One week we look mm. good, next week we we just don't look like we don't want to turn up to work. So my my key my key game here, and obviously for everyone, will be Carlton and Collingwood at the MCG. Yep. If Collingwood win the finals week one, I've got is Geelong playing Collingwood. That's a massive qualifying game. final at the G. That's a massive game. Sydney yeah. playing Melbourne SCG. That's also a massive game. Frio playing the Doggies. At Optus, That'd elimination final. Oh, that, that will be tough. And Brisbane playing Richmond at the Gabba, elimination final. So if Carlton if Carlton make it, if they, Carlton win, the other way around, I've got it. Geelong play Frio, uh, qualifying mm. final. Sydney and Melbourne still the same. Brisbane play Carlton Richmond and Richmond Collingwood at Jeez, the MCG elimination final. Point four final. seconds that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think those are my two scenarios. For this we, final series, well, now we're going to get to the tips, but just quickly, we, do you we, think Carlton can win? I think they can. Win. I think they can win. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they showed against Melbourne that they do have, they do have that drive. They yeah. do want to play they, finals. Uh, l- l- it l- just l- fell l- apart. At least I've got a pulse. What do the dogs have? <laughs> we just, we just literally fell into a win against GWS. Yes. They're going to be playing absolute hearts yeah. on the line in this game. I'm, 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 you know what? I'm heading to this game Sunday. Uh, I'm, no one's stopping me. No one's stopping. <laughs> Can't keep them away. Not, not, not because I want, not because I want to know where the dogs are going to be at. I don't, you know, at this point, I could not care less. <laughs> biggest okay. crowd of the year, boys, on oh, Sunday. Oh, it has to be. It will be. It'll be the biggest outside of the granny. It'll all, be the all, all, all the blues nuffies will come out for this game. <laughs> it'll be the biggest Sunday game ever, surely. <laughs> You'd have to think Sunday, so. Sunday, Sunday, three twenty slot. Why is this at that um, time? Put this on Friday night. What the hell is happening Friday night? They want to save. They want to save the oh, ladder. It's crap. Not being decided. It's crap. No, this is real Manchester City operations <laughs> uh, with, with Sergio Aguero. <laughs> I tell you what, though, it's a very exciting matchup for the teams. Coming yes. To oh, it's going to be massive. I cannot wait, but. Uh, Off-field boys, a few retirements this round and a few really, really big names close to our hearts especially. Shedder, a couple of weeks ago, Miller yeah. played his 350th huge milestone and he's going out with a bang. He'll get to play at least yeah. another final to close out. Amazing career for him. Three flags <laughs> and, of course, has always been one of the most underrated parts yep. of that, that Richmond side. I'm Absolutely. Sure yeah, no, we love Titch and he's had an amazing career and just such a loyal player, Caddy. He got offers, I remember. Um after the Adelaide um, Grand Final, he got some money offers and he stayed and he's been a great servant and amazing guy to have around the club. I watched his retirement speech yesterday and, um, yeah, he's a great guy and amazing accomplishment, 350 games. Mm. Um, the first Indigenous Richmond player to do that is sensational. He's um, up there in elite territory with, I think he's just behind Goods and yeah. yep. might be it. Yeah, I think so. Indigenous players. Yep. Um, and he's, it's amazing. Crazy. Because we know Adam Goods is easily one of the best players we've ever seen. So, yes, no, I think it's been fantastic for him. And one close to your heart, Cat, Michael yes. Michael Hurley. This is sad for me. I, I loved, I've always loved Michael Hurley as an opposition person. I just think he's a no-nonsense guy and he seems like a really level-headed character and he, he's always provided good leadership and drive. But you love him very much. and I do. It's, it's crazy to think that he was an All-Australian fullback in, in 2017 when he started his career yeah. and everybody thought he was going to be the, <laughs> the next big key forward for us. This little skinny thing. <laughs> he got given the number 18 jumper once yeah. Lloyd he retired. It was big pressure on his shoulders. But the player he turned into, Doc, as a defender at his very best, he was one of the most reliable, um, not only marks, but users of the footy too. He would rack up. 25 as a defender every week just because we wanted the ball in his hands as often as possible. Firstly on Shane Edwards, Miller, Mm. one of the most underrated players that I've ever had the honour and privilege to watch uh, for for the longest time of my football watching days Mm. here. 
Secondly, on uh, on Hurley, you're right, Cap. Uh, you know, when you, remember when he came in, came in, he was a top ten pick. I think he mm. was uh, 2009 and pick five. Yep. Yep. And just he looked like the sort of bloke that could really turn a game on his head. You just didn't you just didn't know whether or not he could be a forward or a key mm. defender. And yep. he looked like he it looked like he'd play play the key forward role really really well. And the thing the thing I liked about Hurley's game, you know, throughout his career was he was actually versatile enough to do that. Mm. You know, he, he probably he, one of the first. Big key players before the modern era normalised it, really. Yeah, probably, probably you're probably right about that. Actually, <laughs> I, I didn't really think about it mm. until then. But yeah, like his ability to play either key forward or key back. You know, we'll all remember him best as that key defender, that intercept marking, rebounding mm. defender that becomes so common in AFL these days. But his versatility was just almost second to none uh, back when, back when he was really starting to sort of reach the prime years of his career. Cat yeah. two time All Australian as well. Yeah. You mentioned seventeen, but fifteen as well. Cat and one hundred and eight goals in one hundred ninety three games is pretty good for a guy who played backline for almost <laughs> half his career. Seventeen, possibly one of the best years yeah. from uh, a defender for the Bombers. I think I've ever seen outside of Fletcher at his peak. Hurley was oh, always yeah. my number one. Yep. Obviously, he's a little bit too young for the the older names of the nineties and the eighties, but. He was outstanding, Hurley, and he, he one of my favourite bombers from our modern yeah, era. Loved him. Him and Hooker together in that back line when they were both at their best was <laughs> oh, just Kale. a marvel to watch. <laughs> That's magnificent. Oh, Thinking Kale. about that. The oh. dynamic duo they were. They oh. were. Dan oh. Hannabury, the other one, Doc, mm. who yes. is announced his retirement and will luckily get to play. We probably didn't think the yes. past few seasons he'd get to play a retirement game given just <laughs> how cruel his body has been uh, since 2016 after the grand final. He never could quite get it right. Um, he hasn't played very many games at all at St Kilda, and it is unfortunate that he'll have to retire as a Saint and not a Swan, where he played his best footy. But he does get to retire against them at the very That's least, nice. which will be, I'm sure, we'll see uh, Jack Steele and whoever else from the Swans cheering him off mm. after the game. Only 17 games in four seasons at the Saints. Yeah, it's been tough. Uh, it's that, that's the indicator of how shit ass football can be sometimes. Yeah, you know, it's it, cruel. It is, uh, and. Hanbury's, you know, it, it's so long now. But Hanbury was such a bloody good player at his peak at the Swans. You know, he he, he was right when they one won of the, the best midfielders in the comp during that time. When they won the flag in 2012, he was probably one of the the best midfielders, like yep. probably top five, top ten, easily, uh, easily because he had that burst of speed. He was tough. He was he he had all he had basically all the elements covered, and mm. as well you. you, you it's probably one of the more forgotten things, but he could actually kick goals as well for yeah. them. Yeah, he kicked 17 goals in 24 games in 2013 when the Swans were in, <sighs> still a top four team. That's and very good. Was, it was top ten in the Brownlow three times as well, boys. It doesn't shock me. Amazing no, player. Yeah, absolutely. And it's only now you, it's only now you realise that you know just how good he had it when he when he was at the Swans, and mm. then yeah, 2016 happened, and because of that, his sort of form started to dip a lot. Yeah. Um. um yeah. That 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 that. Big crunching knee injury. Uh, he got the grand final uh, in the contest with Eason Wood. It was um oh, it was just never the same. Even his even in that 2016 year, he was he was absolutely bloody special because he was yeah. he was racking up 30 plus touches every week. Yeah, no, um, he's a really really amazing player. I think what he's achieved over his tenure, and I think he's been good for St Kilda from a um, a leadership point of view, experienced player, just helping those younger midfielders coming through. We've seen that. Uh, Owens is going to be a really good player. Mm. Um, you know, Burns, the younger guys, Windhager, we love. Um, so, yeah, I, I think... Windhager is going to be a 200-gamer. Yes, oh. we, we've said that. He's going to be absolutely bloody fantastic, I reckon. But, yeah. 2015 as well, boys, he was r- voted 
by the Coaches Association as the, the champion player of the year. Which so we've said is better than the Brownlow, I will agree. I think yep. that the, the coach and player awards are far more valuable and speaks volumes, doesn't it, Cat? you know, mm. to, to win that award? And Especially when there were so many... Think about 2015. Point, the amount of elite midfielders in the oh. comp that were reaching their peak at that time, Doc, and Hanbury <laughs> was above them all in the eyes of the coaches. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that just ba- backs up what we've just been yeah. saying about the last couple of, last couple of minutes about Hanbury. Like... He he was so he was just such a powerful player. Yeah, you know he, he he was tough. He was courageous. He had a good burst of speed. He he had a lot of he had a lot of these attributes that most of these you know top line midfielders, your Judds, your Hodges, even Selwood had a good burst of speed in his prime. And, yep. and Dangerfield and Dangerfield at his peak was good was good too. Hanbury could mix it up with the best of them. I agree. Um, and you know, best wishes to him. Best wishes to everyone. Yeah, uh, on their retirements. Absolutely. Um, well said, maybe boys. maybe except Stephen Motlop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll jump over to AFLW just for a moment because it was Captain's Day yesterday, boys. I yes. had the privilege of being down there and got to chat to six odd, I think I managed to yeah, get good. in the end. Um, so didn't get Bonnie, unfortunately, Doc, who I was looking forward to chatting to. Yeah, well, I'm look, look, <laughs> looking forward to seeing who uh, when, when she's going to turn her back on Essendon, um, <laughs> turn coat. Um, a few captains announced, mm. yeah, Bonnie and Steph Kane leading the Bombers as co-captains. I don't mind it, Doc, considering it's a new group, a um, couple of leaders who've been in leadership groups for a few seasons. Yes. Uh, yeah. Good to see them leading the way together. No, no very very good appointments, Cap, uh, I think. Uh Especially when you consider that uh, Nan Schoolin's going to be out for the uh, the year. Um, she's in the leadership group, though, which in, I love to see. Oh, you love to see it because she she's the one that sets the standard every week. Yeah. For the yeah. not only for the VFLW team, but she'll set the standard on, at, at the AFLW level as well. Um, Kano's good. Jeez, I, I don't think I, I think we're about. I think people in the Victorian media are about to realise just how good of a player she can be. Mm, that's Kano. a good call. She's yeah. a top top five winger in the comp, if not top three. Oh, <laughs> e- easily top three. Yeah, for easily cap. Easily top three She's for right mine. I've actually got some some bits here from the uh, you you would have you would have seen the uh, the surveys that the captains mm. did. Um, surprisingly, to see that eight people are, eight captains are picking Melbourne. Or oh, sorry, yeah, eight captains are picking Melbourne mm. to win the flag this year. I'm I'm on it, Miller. I think the the more additions. Obviously, Ray Watt's not going to play this season. Yeah. But off field, that's brilliant leadership to have in your group. I'm really high on Charlotte Wilson. Yeah, coming in. I'm I, think, I think she plays in that back line. Starting round one. She will be, yeah. And no. their forward line, Casey Sheriff coming back in in the pracky games and kicking a few snags as well. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to miss a step this year, the Ds. No, that's the thing. I think that from where they were last year to where they're going to end up, I believe, this year, I agree, Kat. I just think that they're not going mi- to miss the pace that much. I think they're going to look really nice. It's also interesting to see the, um, who, who's going to win the competition best and fairest. Four captains say uh, Mon Conti ahead of Van Hatchard, who's, who, who, who got the, uh, the back in three captains. What do you reckon, Miller? It's going to be tough. We need to make a real – if we make the finals, I think I she's – I think you push for finals this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I, think, think, I think so. I think if you maintain a healthy list, you're getting top six. Yes, if we stay healthy, which is always the, the thing with us. <laughs> uh, you've, you've let in uh, – I will say, I thought the back line was going to be a worry without mm. Harriet Cordner, but you passed, you're too practical. Games you gave up three goals, I think it was In, total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, 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 you know, one goal was to Hawthorne. Who was the other two against? Um, um, who did they bloody play in their first practice game? Um, I think was it West Coast or no? Yeah. West Coast played the Hawks, I think it was. So it might have been St Kilda. Well, whatever yeah. it was, uh, very solid showing defensively. Yeah. So that well, was my main area of concern, and I think you've ticked yeah, that off. The mids worked hard back, I thought, which was really interesting because they've only usually been running forward from stoppage. So it's nice to see them. 
Having Grace back. Egan in there, Miller, as the, the more defensively yes. minded midfielder, is going to change oh, what, so much. Will, she loves a tackle. <laughs> Absolutely loves that, a tackle. That That's going to be the thing that flips the needle for yeah. the Tigers this yeah. year. Is the tackle pressure that Grace Egan brings because we all know Bond Conti is a very offensively oriented player. That mm. She loves to run. She loves mm. to link up. She loves to get two to three little, little touches in one chain of play. And and now that you're going to have you know a, a player that's just an in and under mm. sort of machine like Grace Egan, I, I I just cannot speak highly about your midfield. Yeah, uh, I think it'd be interesting to see as well, Doc, if Conti gets more outside time with with you know the the midfielders they've brought in because she's got the class. Um, she's got the pace for it. She's got the she's got the legs for it, and she's, she's a fantastic kick. Yeah, she's got the speed. She just needs. Yeah, I've been saying this the last couple of years. And only thing she needs is a couple of midfielders to mm, support because mm. it just looks like she gets caught doing too much every God, time. the last two years it's been just her. <laughs> Taking the scary world. prospect as well, Miller, is that the uh, WNBL doesn't start until November. Mm. So Tessa Levy is going to have a full uninterrupted season in her as well. I'll tell oh. you what, she, she she's going to have a good season, I think. I uh, just just rattling off as well, who will kick the most goals in the competition? Uh, no captains predicted uh, Ashley Woodland uh, in last season. Oh, stiff. Um, and she's only got one this year. <laughs> oh. So um, that, was that Chelsea, was it? Chelsea <laughs> Yeah, it has to be. Um, Taylor Harris, obviously the uh, front runner with yeah. four captains backing her. Is it Bahana Express on there? Um, no. Oh. No, no, no Bahana That's Express. Ca- ca- captain in the Gold Coast this year. How good is that? That's oh, exciting. I, I, That's chatted, I chatted to her and she said it was a huge honour. Did, did, did you did you let her know that we all think about the uh, Bahana Express? We all, <laughs> we all go all aboard. <laughs> I didn't tell her about her nickname, but I did say we're very big fans of her and yeah. very excited to see the team this yeah. year. Um, se- seven seven captains predicting Montana Hand to win the, uh, the NAB Rising Star Award. Five mm. to uh, Jasmine Fleming. And Ella Roberts getting three uh, three captains backings. Still overlooked. Scott. Overlooked. Yeah, Paige Scott. I don't know. I sneaky told, chance. Only got one. She's only a got, sneaky on, chance. Only got one. I'm assuming that's Bonnie Two Goods vote. <laughs> we spoke about a cat. I said pre-draft, and now she's ended up on your list. You were on it. I she, watched her at the practice she's game. She's going to be some player. She's explosive. I she's think that she's a, she's a real real chance of the rising now, star. Now this one's an interesting one. If you could recruit another player from any AFLW club, who would it be? Only one player got multiple votes, and that Ooh. was Eloise Jones. Oh, wow. Yeah, I talked um, to Chelsea Randall a little bit about her, and she said she reckons she's got another gear in her again this year. Jeez, that's oh, interesting, I, re- I reckon she, I reckon she can too. All-Australian calibre, I think. Yeah, I'll tell you what, we, we had Ola O'Dwyer as one All-Australian winger. We should have had Eloise Jones on the other one. She'll I be reckon. up there. Should, should have been. But I agree. I, I think a lot of people still sleep on Eloise Jones as a, yep. as a, as a terrific player. She just run. She runs. She's got great foot skills. She's got a great decision making ability. Just does everything right for yeah. mine. Yep. Um, she's very humble as well, Doc. I, I will <laughs> say she's a great chat. I did a presser with her last year, and um, she said she played a, a brilliant game. I think it was in in Melbourne or something. And her family came over to watch her, and she said um, she was chatting to her mum after the game. She kicked a couple of snags, and she said, "Why can't you kick goals every game? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Eloise, play like that every week." <laughs> she, she, so she's got some harsh critics. Very hard, very hard people to impress those Joneses, aren't they? <laughs> Uh, any other interesting ones in there, Doc? Um, no, no, that's it. Um, just stuff. sort of rattling off um, the uh, the players that most pl- – uh, sorry, the um, if you could rec- recruit another player from any AFLW mm. club, who would it be? There was a vote here for Mim Strom. Uh, oh, I thought I that was very that interesting. Uh, a vote for Mimi Hill. 
a vote for Kate Shearlaw, um, there's and you know, uh, and one for Shelley Scott, which um, give, given given her season, she wasn't very good uh, last season, but <laughs> I I love her. So someone rates her big time, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. the D's wanting her back, Doc. Yeah, it's me. Um, <laughs> I, I've uh, infiltrated the captaincy. Um, <laughs> well, uh, I guess stay tuned for next week yes. for our AFLW preview episode because the season is only very close, seven days away. Carlton Collingwood, Icon Park, oh, Thursday we're gonna, night. We're gonna be there, Cat. I will oh. be there. I'll hopefully be up in the media box chatting to uh, Half and Stevie Simons post-game, see what they've got to say. Ask Half why he's still got a job. <laughs> well, they've got a t- he's got a tough job this year. Got, he's got half a midfield and basically nowhere else in the rest of the team. So <laughs> good luck, Half. Um, yeah. We'll move back to the boys. Who's the man? It was a big week for individual performances. Uh, I was surprised at one that I actually still had available for my selection here, but I'll start with you, Miller, with one of the feel-good stories of the week. Another great return. Miller Miller loves loves these. He just just relishes in a a feel-good story. Uh, It's got to be feel-good story of the year, Kat. It's um, amazing to see Ben Cunnington playing footy again, and he was very emotional pre-game, running through the banner with his kids, and it was a beautiful scene to see him run through. And to see him play was just really special. I think... um, you got to really appreciate these type of people for not just their footy skills but for their sort of drive and demeanour. And he, he spoke about post-game that it's not just about, you know, him playing footy. He just got the ability to walk again and to live normally and live, you know, free of, you know, this horrible disease um, mm-hmm. that is affecting so many people around the world. So, yes, he was outstanding on the weekend, Ben Cunningham. 17 touches, three clearances. But his pressure he takes off the other guys it made LDU play really well 37 touches for him and Simkin 30 um, Bailey Scott 21 so it, it freed up all the midfielders and I thought Cunnington was really good and I reckon he's kicking a goal this week I've got a feeling get around the, the scenes the absolute scenes if he kicks the goal he's kicking a goal this week who are they, who are they playing? they are playing Gold Coast at Marvel oh, you know what I reckon they could win that that's a sniff. They will. They will set. They will seriously set themselves up for that win. Uh, sniff. Surely you got to get him in the middle with a, a Gatorade shower if they win. Surely. Oh, surely. Get it. I, I would get around that. We'd love that. Doc, uh, who is your man this week? I uh, don't really want to hear about it because I witnessed it, but yeah, I will. Yeah, look, I, I don't really want to hear about it either because I this bloke has shafted me one too many times uh, throughout his days as a giant. But I, I want to talk about the move of Jeremy Finlayson playing ruck. Um, this year he got moved, moved there. I think it was. I think it was that the first time uh, your mob played Port. Um, yeah, Scotty Lysett was gone. Scotty Lysett was injured. Uh, Sam Hayes was sort of being mismanaged or shopped around or disappeared, shafted by Kenneth. Who who knows? Um, but it, <laughs> shafted I, I, by Kenneth Sam most likely. <laughs> but he's he he he's been so good for mm, them. Like mm. he's not getting those hitouts that you know. Most rucks do because he's playing more undersized, but it's the fact that he's so mobile and he's been able to essentially pass himself off as another midfielder. Yeah, as like a one ninety six centimeter plus midfielder. I thought he was fantastic against your mob cat. I know you, I know you don't want to talk about it, <laughs> but the fact that he had two goals and twenty five plus as the first ruck. Uh, is just absolutely fantastic. It's just great from a port perspective. Mm. And he and made he, Sammy Draper look silly. It was probably one of his worst games of oh, his career yeah, so yeah. far. He was dreadful, wasn't he? Um, he only had the six hitouts, um, Finn Lason, but he didn't... He, he, 616 metres gain, Doc, for a Ruckman. 616 metres gain for a Ruckman. You, you, know, you don't see that. It was ridiculous. What happens to the life set, boys, just quickly? Oh, Given I, how good Jeremy has been this year as the Ruck. I th- well, I think there's, I think you can you, st- I think you can still play the two of them. Mm. Um, 
obviously, it's well, this year's been a bit of a lost cause anyway for yeah. Port. The body um, will be a bit of a worry, I think, at 29 Miller, 30 by the time next season starts. Mm. So I don't know if maybe he's the he spends more time resting forward when he comes back next Jesus. year and Finlayson takes number one ruck duties. He, I don't know. Yeah, I don't he, know. He, he had 10 score involvements, Jezza. Yeah, I think mean, it'll be very interesting. It's a good question and, and, to think about. And I want to look at his... Six inside 50s, Doc, as well. Yeah, nine grand ball gets. He attended 45 ruck contests for only six hitouts and three to advantage. That's very good. Not bad. That's we, very good. Which, look... When you look at it, not 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 entirely great numbers because he only won six contests. But I think he sort of overlooks that that aspect because he knows he's not going to beat Sam Draper one on one in a ruck contest. So he, he he looks to he looks to be that one step ahead in in the ruck contest, and I like that a lot. Mm. I, I mean, it's probably, yeah. probably been one of the best moves Ken's made in a in a long time. Well, you look at Draper's stats: 32, t- 32 hitouts, five touches. Yeah, did, uh, Nick Bryan, five touches, fourteen hitouts. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, it is interesting. There's another one. I hope we keep Brian in this week. You know, give him another chance. I hate him. I love him. I think he's a good player, but SMA fans don't like him, Cat. They're very. Chuck doesn't like him. I don't know what. <laughs> As he conned his way back in. But your man of the week, Cat, is yes. a guy very special. We uh, thought very, he was. Very special to your heart. Yes. Very special in this game because he only had uh, about two 18 year olds to worry about <laughs> on him. But we thought he was going to drop the 10 bomb, but he didn't quite get there. But Big Tommy Gunn did kick eight goals. Tom Lynch, outstanding Miller. He's actually put himself in contention for the Coleman again from this game. Yes. How's he, he done that? He's come from, I think, eighth, equal eighth, and he's now top four or something, which is crazy. Which <laughs> I think Kerno will have it wrapped up, but bloody hell. Well, <laughs> Tommy, uh, you never know what might happen this week well, without bloody back line. Think about it. Who, who's going to get the matchup with Lynchy, you think? It's probably going to be bloody Zerk Thatcher or, or oh Laverde. God, the Twigman. You would think? I, I think Laverde could match up well with him. Yeah, he'd be a better option I'd than I'd assume Paul. Hurley will have playing forward. Yes, full forward out of the goal square. <laughs> please, please spare him. Is, is he, is he going to be the, uh, the 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 big the big call in player in the local footy who just can't who can't move fifteen meters? I reckon put it on his he head. might kick two or three. I reckon earlier this week. Oh, I reckon he could. I reckon uh, he could. Uh, he could even have um, a, a Ruffy or a, a Kennedy esque final game and just go off, just <laughs> kick it to him every time in the forward That's line. Nice, Let right? him go one on one. Just throw. Grunty. If he can move his hands above his head, then he's a sure <laughs> chance to do that. But I'm not sure. Yes, but, but uh, we're talking about we're talking about Tommy Lynch. Yes, we're not talking about Hurley yet. We're not at that point. Um, but he, as I said, eight <laughs> goals um, is speaks for itself. Really, twelve marks. Yeah, his marking was outstanding. Eighteen disposals. He he seemed to just every mark everything that came his way. Miller, whether it was getting on the lead, one on one in the pack. He just made a, made an absolute um, perler out of everything that went He's been a real revelation, Cat, as well, below his knees. I spoke to Doc about Sunday 12 mm. months ago, 18 months ago. He was a big oaf, and he's really he really has changed the way. And he's I think it's actually strange to think about because how would you work on that? But he must have gone really hard at, at pre-season and the off-season that grand ball gets because he's done really well. Yep. He's never been naturally quick, obviously, for someone his size, but he's using his length to his advantage. He's taking those long strides, and he's field-kicking Doc, which you pointed out on Sunday. It was elite for the big big boy. Everything he touched on Sunday turned into gold, mm. Tom Lynch, and just uh, it speaks a lot about just the level of talent and how – Many people have. Like, I've rated Tom Lynch for a long, long time. Mm. So, like, and 
this was just the, almost the perfect game because mm. every, everything he touched turned to goal. His field kicking was good. His his ground ball work was exceptional. His marking, he, I he, believe it. He just he did not lose a contest. No, he was outstanding one on one, and it was just funny to point out, Cat, as well. Mm. He, had, he had Granger Barras moved on him in the third quarter, and Granger Barras was doing that little uh, that little niggling sort of uh, sideways <laughs> scuttling crab action that um <laughs> that that some defenders do, and he, and he ended up getting three kicked on him in the span of about six minutes. It was very very good game. Yeah. Oh, not not a good day out for Denver, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> not, not a good day out for anybody in, in Hawthorne Colors Cat. Let, let's be honest. But you're right with the setting his teammates up as well. Miller, five inside 50s, 13 score involvements, uh, seven contested marks of those marks as well. So, um, contested possessions as well. He was outstanding in this game. It's probably the best he's played yeah. um, all year. Possibly his best game, in, and it is his best game in Tigers Colors. It was his record for goals. Uh, did he? Yes. He kicked 7-5 yes. on West Coast yes. earlier in the year. Should but have had, he could have had 12. He, yeah, he, he should have had he 12. He should have had 12. Remember he missed those runs from the pocket, like straight in front, yeah. that just went into the other pockets. He was like, had he kicked a couple more of those, he might actually be with, yeah, you know, prob- with a shot of winning the goal. Yeah, that's a great shout. But a great selection, Cat. I love Tommy Lynch, obviously. But I've just been really impressed with the body of work this year. I think he had a bit of a tough patch, um, you know, at the back end of last year physically. Mm. And he's worked really hard, and I'm very proud of his If effort. I'm opposition fullbacks coming into the finals here, I'm scared of matching up on Tommy Lynch. Oh, yeah. well, scared of matching up on the Tigers in general. Who's going to be confident going up against Tom Lynch? <laughs> no one at Not many. Not, Not many. many at all. Not many at all. We'll jump into Doc's deep dive. We're keeping yes. the love for the Tigers going. Our very <laughs> one favourite uncle in the league, Uncle Morris, as Hutto uh, pointed out. <laughs> youngest uncle ever, Mike. The, young, <laughs> the youngest uncle to his older nephew, who just signed a five-year extension as well. Yes. Yes. Great news Not, for 19-year-old uncle. Have you ever seen anything <laughs> like it on a football field? Yes, but no, he no, had a brilliant game, Doc. He's been well, uh, I guess, um, held up this week for just how good he's been and his pressure in this game. You're going to dive deep into that. He's fantastic. And he was a player that I was thinking about doing a deep dive on earlier in the year, but he sort of had sort of stagnated a little bit. So I was just like, okay, I'll just put him in the shelf for a little bit. But we saw firsthand Miller, mm. Morris Rioli, who came to play on, on Sunday afternoon. It was just a fantastic, it was a fantastic game because not only was he pressuring well and, and doing, but he was getting involved in the mm. sc- in, in scoring mm. as well. He had, he kicked two, kicked two goals on the weekend. And he had, I think he had a hand and handed another like three or four, as well, but I just want to talk about his game and what what he what he managed to do against Hawthorne. Written down five points here, as I always do, um, on on the deep dive. But I, I want to start with this one in the first quarter. But this is late. This is late in the first quarter. This is um a, a terrific, a terrific forward forward play. You know, great crumb as a craft. You know, uh, so Daniel Rioli. We'll start with Daniel Rioli, who who runs the ball down along the wing on the MCC members side. Um, and we see in shot that Morris is sort of around that around. He's, he's running towards goal, and he, he's been unguarded. You know, mm. no no Hawthorne player willing to defend him. And whilst he doesn't get used, the ball's heading straight towards Tom Lynch because at this point he's he, he's kicked three. You have got to ride the hot hand, right? Yep. Um. So Morris immediately sets himself upon to where the contest is, and he's basically front and center for the ball, but. He's immediately set upon by two Hawthorne players and just very stiff not to get not to get a goal out of that because he was in the right spot at the right time mm. and he crumbed the ball beautifully and maybe with a little extra little extra strength he might be able to power power through the um the two Hawthorne players and get an easy six pointer. Um, later on later on in the quarter thirtieth minute is it, great second third follow up efforts here. Um, 
So he starts with a he starts with a Ford fifty tackle on Emerson Jacker, who actually played who actually had a good first yeah, half good. and then sort of disappeared yeah. late. He's not bad as a defender, Jacker. Yes, we, we like the look of him. He's not bad. I I I, I must agree. Um, but then he follows up with another pressure act um, to another Hawthorne player, and then that causes a turnover just outside Richmond's Ford fifty, which you know Cameron McIntosh has the ball and he's sort of and he's sort of assessing who who, who who the closest target is, and this is where Morris Rioli sort of just comes up towards the towards where the ball is, and again no Hawthorne player really stopping to check it, to, to check him or anything like that, so he takes an easy uncontested mark about 35, 40 meters out, and basically on the quarter time siren he goes back, good set shot routine. Pretty straightforward. Bang, six-pointer. Bang. Bang. <laughs> Bang, six-pointer. We go into the second quarter, the 21st minute mark. Now, this is a rebound 50 up, um, and this is where uh, Rioli actually gets a um, gets a holding the ball call, and, and, and they go forward 50. So Rioli doesn't actually get anywhere near the ball here. So like the ball sort of goes over, over his head off halfback, and he's sort of caught trailing. Trailing the ball up towards the half forward line, where um, Richmond players hold up Denver Grange Barras, and mm. Rioli's actually there to to set upon him and actually help trap the ball in. And Grange Barras he dives on the ball; it's a correct call. And Rioli just Rioli just helps it helps out, wins a free kick for it, and yeah. they go forward uh, into the third quarter. Now, and this is his uh, this is his second goal here. Uh, Hawthorne with the, Hawthorne with the kick in. Actually, no, this isn't this isn't his goal. This is um this is before that. This is this is from a Hawthorne kick in and and Rioli's sort of inside the fifty. It, it, I don't see any like you know any fo- any real forward press. It's almost mm. like man on man stuff here. But the ball's heading towards Blake Hardwick and Rioli's probably about five meters away from him. Now the ball sort of holds up and Hardwick's actually forced to sort of you know stop prop and and try and contest the ball, and it allows Rioli to come in and the ball sort of spills off hands and he actually manages to pinch it off the um out of the air and he actually finds this. Finds a turn of speed to get away from mm. Blake Hardwick, and again uh, finds Tom Lynch on the pocket, who kicks one of his eight goals. It was it was a tremendous setup, and very not many guys getting away from Blake Hardwick as well. He's no. one of the better lockdown smalls. He's deceptively quick. Comp, yeah. He's deceptively <laughs> quick, isn't he, Blake Hardwick? Yes. He doesn't, doesn't look like it, but he's he's such a really hard man to beat. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a great great kick, probably a little bit wide, but it allowed Tom Lynch to run onto it, and and he was able to you know snap it around his body. Easy goal. Mm. Um, and now this now this is Morris's goal. Third quarter, twenty one minute mark. Um, so this is from the Richmond kick in, and Morris at this point we actually get a good angle on, on the mm. on on the TV camera, but he starts on the AFL members wing, which is opposite the broadcast wing for for those who aren't playing along at home. Uh, but he but Morris starts on the AFL members wing, and the ball goes through the other the on on the other wing on the MCC side broadcast side. And he immediately finds himself running, running himself inside fifty. He sort of, sort of adjusts himself. He runs towards the, uh, runs through the corridor, and the and the nearest Hawthorne player is probably about fifteen, twenty meters away, trying to catch up with him. And in the end, it, this is I think I think I think it was Daniel Rioli again who sort of finds who sort of finds him, finds him unguarded about forty five. 45 out towards goal. He's a slight fumble, but he has time to compose himself, pick up, the, gather the ball. Mm. He had Tom Lynch. He had Tom Lynch over the top. Could have been. Could have been an easy Joe the Goose. But Morris Shirelli says, "Nah, son, you got to earn your kick. You got to earn your kicks on uh, uncles in the team." And so, and so he just, and so he just says, "From 35 meters out, bang, bang, second goal, second goal of the game." And Morris Shirelli, his his pre. His, his averages so far, they don't read too much defensively. They're only 19, 19.3 pressure acts per game, two and a half tackles, 1.2 tackles inside 50, 
and 3.8 score involvement. So I was telling Miller this before, but mm. I watched watching the game live. It, it almost looked like a little bit like Cyril Rioli. Mm. Oh. Just, uh, just, oh, the, don't mind that. just the way he defensively yeah. presses, yep. and you know he doesn't have the overall like skill set in terms of kicking goals from freakishly mm. angles and and that sort of stuff. Maybe yet, but just the way he applies himself from contest to contest, cat. Uh, yeah. it, it, it just it just reminds me of Cyril a lot. Well, the big stat is the points scored from turnovers by a player forcing yes. it. Yes. And Rioli, Cat, he's played 13 games. The list here is um, McCarthy, 21 games, Holman, 20 games, Haywood and Close, 21 games. But he's 13 points ahead in just seven less games. Eight less games, sorry, than second. It's so ridiculous. 113 points he's he's forced. It's um, an interesting one, Miller, because obviously he's creating those turnovers in the forward line and it's leading directly mm. to shots on goal or opportunities yeah. to set up a shot on goal. But he's a guy that's shown that in the VFL he can play through the midfield as well and apply that pressure there. Do you want to see him spending time in the midfield eventually? or do you Eventually, yes. Um, I think the one thing is that his tank is not quite there yet. Mm. Um, and that's probably why at AFL level we haven't seen that because he's running so hard as a crazy <laughs> little forward to hunt down these guys <laughs> that if he went into the midfield, uh, he'd be like a string of spaghetti. He'd be absolutely <laughs> gassed because, um, yeah, I, I think eventually because he's got that drive and energy and he's got the real burst of pace, which, as you said, Doc, you don't see from every player and everyone in the crowd, over, you know, my shoulder and in front of me saying, God, he's quick. And I was like, yes, he's a fantastic athlete. And, um, yeah, very impressed of how he's gone about it this year. Um, you know, he only played two games last year, but I played 13 and had to – he's really fought his way into the side mm. and add something really special to this to this dynamic forward line. Yeah, he, absolutely. He absolutely does. And I'm looking forward to seeing him just nail down a spot in that forward 50 mm. for the years to come. Hopefully kicks chasing Castagna out for good. Miller, <laughs> yes. I know. I know. Not sure how he's managed to con himself into a, into a medi sub spot and let alone get himself into the game. <laughs> yes, I don't know how he's done it, uh, but he has for sure. Oh, the, the, goodness. The bugger. Get to your team of the week, Miller. Another <sighs> dynamic group, and we're getting close to the end of the year, which means we're going to see team a team of the, of the year. Gosh, it's going to be tough, Cat. I, I know. He's he bemoaned it to me uh, for the last hour about how hard it's going to be. It's going to be, be tough. I'm gonna feel really bad for the guys that are missing out. I'm gonna. I have decided I'm gonna include some emergencies in a medi sub because All there's right. that many great players. But this week's team um, is very top heavy. Um, but I'm going to back it because I like the way they've gone about it this year. These operators. So fullback, we got Lewis Young. He's in there. I thought he played a really good game against Melbourne on the weekend. Alira Lear, He had a fantastic showing against Peter Wright. Only the one goal for Big Peter. Very quiet indeed. Robbie Fox, he's in there as well, boys. I thought he yes, did a really game. good job. Him and um, Rampy rotating through Elliot. Thought did really well. Danny Rowley, as you mentioned before, Cat, rewarded with a five-year deal and another explosive game off halfback. Really good. Tom Barras, um, he's been really good in the back half of the year. I think that he's shown some really good marking prowess, which we've been really impressed with. And Dan Houston, boys, he's in there as well. I thought he ran really hard um, against mm, Essendon. Definitely one of the better ones against us. The Wingman's. Jordan Dawson, he's in there, definitely. I thought he was really good. And uh, Andrew Brayshaw, boys, from the Dez, we've seen get more midfield minutes the last probably fortnight, um, and he's been really, really impressive. I've liked the way how he's gone and hunted the footy um, on the inside, which has been really nice change for him. And then Mark Blitzovs, he's in there as well. Uh, he's on the other wing. On I, the wing, not at full back? I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't really know where to put him in terms of position, but he's actually on the wing. I thought he was really good, and... He's actually been pretty important this year um, for Geelong. He kicked two goals, 27 touches on the weekend. Only eight hit-outs. Um, but as 
Doc explained with Finlayson, he's adding something at the stoppage, mm-hmm. uh, big mark. Half forward, Mason Woodboys. I thought he was really, really good against Brisbane. A quality defence, but these goals uh, from Big Mason, four. Is that a good finish to the season, boys? He's yeah, he, looked all right. He, he's sort of flown under the radar, hasn't he? He's been really good since he left North, um, which is funny because he was the whipping boy there. Um, and he's been really, really good, showing that he's a class player. Doc's man of the week, Finlayson, he's at our forward, really good. And the Fog, another guy, boys, who's had a huge That's season, Darcy Fogarty. We love the way he's gone about it. He His strength from contest to contest on the ground is what surprises me the most. Yes, he's a great aerialist, but he's... Um, Showing out on the deck as well. Jake the Snake. He's in there as well, boys. Oh, hang um, on. Geez, I it, there, there, are, there are some operators where I never thought would make Miller's team of the week. Jake here. the Snake, four goals, two, 15 touches. He was he won them the game because no other forward looked on really for he, the Demons. He, he did more in this game than Sam Wiedemann's done his entire season. <laughs> no I, th- I thought Jake Melsham made teams lose, not win. Yes, well, Stephen, Stephen May Stephen probably gave him a big hug post game or a punch in the head, whatever you feel <laughs> like. Uh, Tom Lynch, catch me out of the week. Obviously, the eight bag was really good. And Cam Rayner, boys, the other half, full forward spot. Mm. Coming of age game, I think, Cat, we've seen this guy really emerge as the next big thing. We asked for it as well, Doc, last Co- week. Co- called him out last week. We and did. He, and, he, and, and he's responded. And it was fantastic because we said he can produce like this. Four goals, 18 <laughs> touches, three of them in the final quarter as well. Just clinical sort of finishing, and we love that from Big Cam. Uh, followers, big ruck dog, Sean Darcy. made Nick Natano, he looked like a foot mat on the uh, derby <laughs> on the weekend. It was terrible. <laughs> Keller Mills, boys, he's in there as well. And LDU, we talked about this. Outstanding game. He's going to win the BNF with these. 37 touches and a goal, 11 clearances as well for the big, uh, not UDL, the LDU. Uh, very good game. Dion Prestia, they should have tagged him instead of McGuinness on Bolton. He went crazy on the weekend, the meatball. Josh Kelly as well, I thought played really well in a Giants team that shut down the game. 35 touches. Five clearances, four mark, uh, four tackles. Sorry for Josh Kelly, Jeremy Cameron. He's in there as well. Um, I thought he had a really good game against the Suns. Three goals, three and twenty-one touches. And Nick Hayes, he's back from the dead. He's back from the dead. Um, he was really good. I thought this week, uh, much better than he has been this season. A goal, twenty-five touches for Big Hayes and fifteen marks. Two giants in there, but no dogs. No dogs in there. No dogs in there. I was not impressed with anyone from your team. Yeah, look, I must say, I wasn't impressed with anyone either. (laughs) If if Zane Cordy was suspended, he would have made the team of the week. But uh, (laughs) no, he's... uh, And the coach this week is the big horse from Sydney. I thought he's still pushing his team, as we said, boys, under the radar, and they're doing a fantastic job this year. I I thought it was a professional dismantling of Collingwood last week uh, from Sydney. A bit of a clinic. Well, when you're the first coach to beat a team in three months, uh, you probably deserve <laughs> the, the coach of the week there, don't you? Yeah, I yeah, m- must 100% agree. Uh. They played the game on their own terms, the Swans. I thought that was probably the most important thing to kept it yep. slow when they needed to, sped it up when they saw the Pies trying to respond to the slowing down. It's a masterclass. The fence of the Swans looks very good come September. They've got a lot of yes. good operators down there that know what it takes. They're, to sn- if they're, they're getting finishing top two, home finals all the way, to the grand final, boys. They're a sneaky chance in for the I've flag said, heel. Well, I'll tell you who's playing the grand final this year, Sydney and Geelong. Yep. <laughs> no no arguments from me. <laughs> the huge game. He can't believe no. it. <laughs> All right, I don't mind it. What do you, like well, it. Okay, who do you think plays grand no, final? I'm, I'm with you, Miller. That's, that's good. Doc, are you with that as yeah, well? Yeah, um, <laughs> oh, well, it's a bit boring. I was going to get some diverse <laughs> opinions. I still wouldn't rule Melbourne out. Yeah, no, of, of course. Granny again. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Melbourne is still in it with it. I think the Tigers could make a cheeky run at it oh. too if they sort of... You're in good form, Miller. You're in very if, good touch. If, if they can manage to shake off what the buy does, and the buy's, buy's done a good job of like sort of 
separating the good teams yeah. to the uh, the Geelong also rands. Geelong will be wetting their jocks coming after the ball. <laughs> um, yeah, Jeremy, well, they, they Jeremy play, Cameron will be wetting his jocks. Oh, I was going to say if they play Frio, they might <laughs> be looking for that home final at Kidinia Park, but the stand's still being built, so they won't be hosting it. <laughs> they're not there. getting a home final. And even when the stand's built, they're not getting one there. <laughs> Tell them, Cat, please. Uh, anyway, we got the tips from last week. Yes, tips. All of us got eight this week. We're so all champions. 116 for myself, <laughs> still sitting last. The Doc, 118. <laughs> and Miller has well and truly won the competition with 135. We're, we're to see who's finishing second, Kat. That's yes, what it's I'm the only race left. Uh, who did we get wrong this week? Boy? Uh, I, tip- I think we all, oh, yeah, we all There's a lesson. In, oh, yeah, all, all too optimistic in my mob. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I, was, I was tossing and turning about it <laughs> all, all weekend, and I, and I thought, oh, look, I reckon Porter are a better team. And, and yeah, it's like, you said but, on Sunday but, as well, didn't but, you? But like, yeah. but like Essendon at home, you know, they've been all right. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I just stuck my gut and, and went went to the home team. And, and now uh, I, and I'm sticking with my gut. I feel ill watching the end of that contest. The, the home team. Are they related to the orange team at all, Doc? The yeah. home team? <laughs> no, the orange team played on Saturday. The orange team. <laughs> the orange team. Well, it's a huge round of a few deciding games still that'll uh, line up the top four and even the top eight. So it's going to be massive. Mm. Uh, Brisbane and Melbourne kick Jeez, it off on Friday this is good night. Footy content. Uh, Melbourne last year in the finals, boys, beat the Lions. Was it the finals at the Gabba? Um, well, I think they did beat them. Oh, did, well, the the weeks leading into the finals. Yes, it was, I think it was a week or two before. I think yeah, could, because, the, because the final was at Adelaide Oval. Yes, that's right. Um, the Lions in shaky form. The Ds were probably looking a little bit shaky before this week as well. At the Gabba. Oh, it's a hard one. We always say the Gabba's a fortress, Miller. This, this, is, this is a very tough one. I think the Ds like playing the Lions, though, so I'm going to go the Ds. Margin? Thirteen points. I'm going to go home team, Doc. I'm going Brisbane by eleven. I'm going to go the Demons, the Maroon team. <laughs> I disagree. I'm going to go. I'm going to, no, I'm going to go. Going to go the Demons by two goals. Okay. Oh, all right. Uh, a dead rubber game here. Free will win this. The, the Orange team versus Fremantle. Sorry, I just woke up. What? Oh, Fremantle. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Where's this being played? Uh, it's at Monica. Mon- 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 so it might. Yeah. So it might snow. Hooray. <laughs> Uh, Dockers can still finish top four, boys. So yeah, they've they, got something to they want to win. This. They'll pump these idiots. Uh, yep. True definition of a dead rubber here at Marvel Stadium. They'll be lucky <laughs> so to get. They'll be lucky to get ten k in for this, boys. Are, are, and gold. Do, do, get, do you reckon you'll get less than the um the North and the Giants North game? North Giants game. It might. It actually. will be lucky might. to get ten people, let alone ten k count. I mean, <laughs> North always do show out well in the final four rounds because they know their mm. season is cooked. Geez, where were they last year in Adelaide? <laughs> <laughs> that was shit. Asleep. I'm gonna go with the Suns. I think North will win. <laughs> They'll do it for Cunners. Do uh, it for Cunners, boys. Actually, I've, I've, you know what? I'm going to wait for the teams, but at the moment, I'm going North too. Going North. Oh, piss off, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Just got, no, I, I'm with you, Cat. Though. I, 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 yeah. I, for three quarters, they they did well against Adelaide. They did. They, they actually did good. against yeah, Adelaide, who play well at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd hope so as a home game, Miller. But this uh, game. This is a sniff for West oh, Coast. Stop. No. Stop it. How many players are John going to be resting? Get off oh. it. Um, I don't think the thing is with the finals bye. Do you really need to rest? I reckon they'll rest. Wait, wait, have think you, about have, Geelong. Have you, have you seen West Coast record at Canadian Park recently? Well, it's also dangerous. Got beat by a hundred almost by Sydney down there, and then Geelong hundred early. That's right. <laughs> in, in, in a in a normal year, West Coast would get flogged. So this will probably be a two hundred and fifty point win. Uh, to dang, Geelong. Dangerous three hundredth game, boys. Cats will win. 
I didn't say West Coast get a win. I just said <laughs> they're just in with a sniff. They're in with a sniff. Okay, sniff well, at the socks. <laughs> wouldn't even give them a sniff, mate. Um, uh, speaking of things, I wouldn't give a sniff. Uh, what about this game? Saturday night, Don's and the Tigers. Hills retirement game. So I hope, I hope we at the very least show up. For We're him. so losing this game. No, you're, you're, you're we not. have not beaten you in eight years, Miller. <laughs> okay, well, what about North Melbourne? <laughs> they weren't meant to beat us, and they pumped us. So uh, this is the type of game Richmond lose. So I'm going to see my team, but I'm not confident. You win. You, you win. win. Yeah, you win. <laughs> you win. <laughs> you you win. It's it's it, it's easy. It's easy. It's Stop. Easy. It's, All right. it's an easy win. Oh, I I, I, hopefully Rutten doesn't get sacked out of it, but you'll win easy. <laughs> yeah, this actually, is one of the biggest. I don't want him yeah. sacked, just quietly. I don't want Rutten sacked. Uh, for a dead rubber showdown, boys, this has the potential to be a big game. Robbie Gray. This has yes. potential. Robbie Gray retiring. We forgot to mention him before. Mention him. But, um, is he the best Port Adelaide player all time, quickly? Yes or no? Ooh, not the best of all time, no. but he's in the top five. There, there is a bloke he's, he's still playing with who I consider the best port player of all time. Bokey? Yes, Bokey. I'd Bokey. say Bokey's Bokey. Yes. You'd have to but say, give him a flag. and Between Bokey and Treadray, those are the two best yeah. port players I've yes, s- at least I've seen. No, of, I, the modern, I, of the modern era, the AFL era, because yeah. there'd be a bunch of the, the old Maggie's boys, who they? Saligo also is getting the Rising Star nom this week. He has no, to. He will. He's, He's been, been robbed of it about five he times. He has been. Well, so has Gibkiss. He hasn't picked one up yet somehow. <laughs> I can't believe that. They can't get both of them in the last well, it's round, because, well, it's You give half an award each game. <laughs> well, it's because, it's because Dim is playing him in all sorts of different positions. There's, yeah. no, there's no chance he's going to... Um, I'm going to get the Crows. Oh, nah, I'm going Port. But they'll, they'll get up yeah, for Rob, Robbie's last game. They'll do it for Robbie. Yeah. And he might be in with a crack for one more showdown medal as and well. And here boys. it is, Cat. Super Sunday you speak of, except for the Super later game. Sunday. But this is massive. Hawks and the Dogs in Tassie. Doc, I know you're not confident. Hawks have got a good record against you over there. When's the last time the Dogs won down there? Oh, that's good. Ice Age? Good question. <laughs> um, or pre... No, well, we beat Essendon there last year. But mm. in, in terms of being Hawthorne there, we haven't... Pre- Probably not since 2008. Probably the BC days. Yeah, yeah BC, uh, <laughs> Bible, Bible thumping Jesus era. Um, Bontempelli thumping era. No, yeah. look, this is this. Yeah, I, I think 2008 was the uh, last time we beat Hawthorne down there. We don't need to say it, but this is this critical game. They have to win this, obviously. And I think <laughs> the leaders will stand up. I want. I'm going to see Baz, Bont, Libba. Um, and Trelaw all have big games. And Norton's kicking five because he's been so quiet and so. Shit, the Jeez, last good, month. Good call, Doc. It was 2008. Yeah. How's the memory on him? Yeah. Uh, well, I think we've probably played Hawthorne a handful of times since then. Yeah, I think it's about six or seven times. Yeah, maybe. yeah no, we, and we haven't looked anywhere near it Norton since. five and Dogs win. Yeah, Dogs win for mine. You you still got finals another, on the radar. Another five-piece for Google Hagen, I reckon. <laughs> um, Is yeah. Josh Bruce any danger of kicking a goal? <laughs> He's looked at it. Yeah, well, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't play this week. Um, Looked a bit asleep. Yeah, no, well, he kicked a goal against uh, Fremantle. He basically fell into it. Yeah. Um, look, I'll, I'll back us in, but I'm not confident. Like, like, like seriously. No one wants eighth spot here. No like, one wants it. Dead like, set. Like, like, seriously, we have just played like we want to be irrelevant. Nobody wants eighth spot, but nobody wants Carlton. At least Carlton played like they wanted it this week. Whether they can do that again this week against Collingwood. And and a great call about the leaders too, Miller. Bonapelli mm. was pretty average on the weekend. McRae was pretty They'll average. They'll all respond. They know how important this is. L- Liberatorio had his, probably his worst game as well. Like McGuinness goes to Liber as well. Yeah, I, I agree. Get him on him. I agree. Because I guarantee Mitchell will be quaking in his little boots. <laughs> Liber lineup. Um, Blues and Pies, boys. Biggest home and away game of the season. Biggest home and away game we've seen Pies, in a while. Ball. They're smashing 50 them. Oh, Blues are just falling apart, are they? I don't think it'll be more. I think it'll be more. Collingwood are going to be clinical. They're going to be so disappointed. Well, 
fresh over last week, mm. and they're playing for top four. So I think they'll smash them. I'm going to go Pies as well, but I think it will be another one of these close games. Did you boys pick a winner for the Dogs? Um, uh, game? Doggies. Doggies. Yep, you, okay, cool. Not not Hawthorne. Yeah, no, not Hawthorne. <laughs> no, um, Collingwood shortly. Yeah, oh, jeez, yeah, I reckon Collingwood. I just There's just something about them. Uh, like They were disappointing, but they didn't... Mm. They, they didn't let it blow out. They didn't play too bad. The Swans were just really good. Yeah, I, I, I just yeah. I just think S- Sydney systematically destroyed them. And Paddy Cripps shouldn't be playing. Um, anyway, we move on. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, well, I agree. And, Saints and Swan, the uh, final game of the Arvo, the final game of the home and away season. Sydney by 350,000 points. <laughs> I think Sydney will win. Saints will come out firing. Congratulations, Dan Hanover. Here's your whooping. <laughs> as we send you off. Your former teammates kicking goals on you. Um... They they want to solidify a home final, the Swans. Home qualifier, Top they've two. got to win. So the Saints they've need to, to win, win by 90 and Carlton need to lose by 50. And the Dogs need to lose for the St. Kilda to make the eight. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's not happening. No. Um, we got a better chance of Brett Ratton getting sacked. Sam Reid kicking four on the weekend as well, Cat. He, loves, he, loves, matching up against, <laughs> he loves matching up against the Saints. So, yes, I'm going to Swam. Swam Go FC. Swam. Yep, no, I'm, I'm going Swam too. Who swam, else, uh, swam team. All right, well, uh, beware that I may be making a few late changes because I do want to try and get second place over Doc. Yes. So we've gone too similar, so wait for the, the weekend to find out because <laughs> I want that second place. I'm not finishing last again. Yeah, look, I don't blame you. Bloody uh, hell. It's been, been, last, been last for, I'd say, almost every men, men's team. I think I finished last last year, though. I don't know. Someone needs to win it besides me next season. For God's Congratulations, sake. Miller. We'll how, about, how, about just, how about just don't turn up next year? <laughs> Let somebody else win it. Well, I think, i tell you what, it's going to be a battle for me finishing second or third in the AFLW because I'm always hopeless with the tips there. Oh, yeah, yes, I'm, 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 I'm looking forward to that. It's my one chance to win. Well, that is going to do us this week on the A3 Footy Podcast. Thank you for joining us back in the studio once again. We will be here thankfully until the end of the season, which is very nice. I think until the end of the AFLW season two, thinking about how the semester works out. I think that is right. Yep. But look forward to that when we start our preview next week, round one after that. It's going to be so exciting. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be here for the round one show, which is <laughs> unfortunate because I will be away. We will work hard. So you boys are going to have to lift. We're going to, we're going to have to lift. We're going to have to do the bulk work. Uh, Another week off for Mr. Cat in two weeks' time. But I will be here for our finals preview as well next week in the bye week. Huge, huge show to come. Lots Can't of wait, content. Boys. We've got... You know, team of the season. We've got the most improved players, recruits. Yes. Lots of talking points. Ladder recap, Cat. Oh, yes. That's oh. what we like to see. <laughs> no. The yeah, ladder recap. Ones down the I can't wait to see where you boys put Geelong because I remember it was not anywhere yeah, near. Well, it de- definitely wasn't in the eight. <laughs> definitely wasn't in the eight. Oh, yuck. I'm not looking forward to that. We well, look forward to it. I look forward to it. join us next week for all of that. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. I've been Alex Doherty. The footy season keeps on rolling here at A3. More to come. Tune in.